Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Earlier in the service we prayed the collect that is traditionally used for the first Sunday in Advent. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come, that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. The season of Advent is a time to prepare for the coming into the world of the Son of God, both celebrating his coming at Christmas and anticipating his final coming on the last day. We're reminded of the inevitable celebration of Christmas, well, pretty much everywhere we look these days, right? You can't escape the fact that Christmas is coming, and it's coming really quickly, because everywhere you go, there are decorations, right? And you go, you go to the store, it's decorated like Christmas. And they're probably playing some kind of cheesy Christmas music over the loudspeakers. And there are radio stations that are already switched over to playing all Christmas all the time. Whether you ask for it or not, that's all that you're going to get on that station. And the world may not have a proper understanding of Christmas, but it does, in fact... Help us to understand that the annual celebration of the coming into the world of the Savior, the Messiah, the Son of God, that day is fast approaching. But the season of Advent also draws our attention to to something that our world really doesn't help us to remember. Jesus is coming again. In our American culture, we're supposed to act as if death will never come, the day of judgment will never arrive. And only religious kooks actually talk about the end, and only religious zealots talk about Jesus coming again. Well, I, I hate to tell you this, but I guess, I guess that makes me a religious zealot. And, and I hope... The same is true for you, because we should be thinking about and planning for the return of Jesus. Because scripture is very clear, this is going to happen. Jesus will return on the last day, there will be a final judgment, and those who are in Christ look forward to that day, because those things that Jeremiah prophesied would happen, will be fully realized. Jeremiah prophesied, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will dwell securely. And this is the name by which it will be called, The Lord is our Righteousness. Jesus is that righteous branch from the line of David. He is the one who will execute justice and righteousness and will save us and allow us to dwell securely. Jesus is our righteousness. Now, going back to the collect for today. Stir up your power, Lord, and come that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. What are we praying for here? Are we praying about something that's already occurred or about something that will happen? 
Well, the prayer is really not about the past, is it? The prayer doesn't anticipate Christmas, but it does anticipate the future, the return of Jesus on the last day. But if you look a little bit more closely at that prayer, it's actually also a prayer for the here and the now, isn't it? It's not just one day Jesus is going to come, but it's a a prayer that right now, right here, that Jesus would come. Yes, the Son of God came into the world at Christmas, born of the Virgin Mary, being fully God and fully man. Yes, there is a future day when Jesus will return in glory. But notice the prayer doesn't look backwards, and it doesn't only look forward to the future, but it is a prayer for the here and the now. Stir up your power, Lord, and come. Now, today, here. We're praying that the Almighty God would come and help us now. Do we need Jesus to come and help us later? Oh yeah, we sure do. But we need him to help us now. Now, this is not us greedily demanding that God would come and help us right here and right now as if we were Veruca Salt from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory stomping our feet and saying, I want it now, right? That's not what this is. But this is calling on God's promise. It is saying, Lord, you you said this was going to be the case. You promised it. And we're calling in that promise. What did he say in Jeremiah? Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made. The promise. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when God makes a promise... He wants you to call him on it. He wants you to say, this is the promise you made, Lord. I trust it. I believe it. Now, I'm asking that you would deliver it. We can trust that as God has promised, so it will be and so it is. Stir up your power, Lord, and come. That by your protection, we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. Yeah, Jesus is going to come again in glory on the last day, but he comes to us here and now, doesn't he? He comes to us right here and right now. How? How does he come to us right here and right now and rescue us from the perils of sin and and mightily deliver us? Well, he does it in a hidden way, doesn't he? He comes to us through the word spoken by the pastor. He does so through bread and wine, which... We know, according to his word, according to his promise, are not just bread and wine. It's what? It's the body and blood of Jesus. It is Jesus coming to us right here and right now to deliver us, to rescue us, to forgive us. That doesn't look like much, does it? There's no light show. There's not even necessarily an emotional feeling that you get. But under bread and wine, the Son of God comes to us and he forgives us and he delivers us. This is the way Jesus that loves to work when you think about it. Think about Christmas. How does Jesus come into the world at Christmas? Born of the Virgin Mary, right? Such a a grand entrance into the world that, well, he's not... He's not clothed in grand 
clothing, rich clothing. He's wrapped in strips of cloth to keep him warm. And where is he put for a bed in a manger, a feeding trough? By the way, don't miss that connection with the Lord's Supper either. (laughs) Here is Jesus laid in a manger, a feeding trough, because, well, he's going to give himself to us to eat and to drink. And on Palm Sunday, Jesus comes, and, and it's not a very impressive thing, really. Here he comes. He's not on a war horse. He's on a donkey. And he rides in, and he doesn't have any armor on. He doesn't look impressive. He just he looks like a guy, a frail human being. And yet the people greet him as a king, don't they? The people in the streets on Palm Sunday, at least some of them, at least some of them, understood he wasn't merely a man, but the God-man who had come to rescue them from the threatening perils of sin and save them by his mighty deliverance. Now, they didn't know how this was going to happen, right? They didn't really understand Jesus was going to ride into Jerusalem and he was going to offer himself on the cross as a perfect once-for-all sacrifice for sin. They didn't understand that death and then resurrection was the way by which God was going to accomplish this. But they were confident that Jesus would come and rescue them and deliver them. And he did. And he does. Christ has come. Christ will come again. But brothers and sisters in Christ understand this. He comes now. He comes here. Our God is not a distant God but a very present help in trouble. Jesus comes to you as you're weak and hurting, and he comforts you. He comes to you as you are troubled by the sin in your life, and he forgives you. Jesus comes to you as you are weak and empty, and you just you don't even know how you're going to go on. And he fills you. When you come to the Lord's altar and you receive the bread and the wine, you receive the body and blood of Jesus. And this is the means by which God rescues you. This is how God delivers you. As Jesus rode into uh, into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he knew the deliverance and the rescue would take place and the way in which it would take place. He knew it would appear to be weakness as he laid down his life on the cross. But make no mistake, it was not weakness. It was the answer to the prayers of God's people for generations. And the same is true for us. We trust the promise of Jesus, that in, with, and under bread and wine, he comes to us. And as we receive the forgiveness of sins and new life and salvation, we are rescued. We are delivered. It doesn't look like much, does it? But as we remember the promise of Jesus, we know that it is indeed a powerful thing. Take and eat. Here's Jesus for you. Take and drink. Here's the forgiveness of sins purchased by Jesus for you. And as we pray, stir up our Stir up your power, O Lord, and come that by your mighty protection we may be rescued from the 
threatening perils of sins, and saved by your mighty deliverance. The Lord hears that prayer. And his answer is very simple. As you have prayed, so it is, and so it will be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.